We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Monday, it's January 31st. It's 2022, the last day of January already. We have eight NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by my good buddy, who is not losing his voice like me, Will Priester, Chief Justice 06. Will, hope you had a great weekend, my friend. Yeah, man, it was pretty good. Uh, glad I was able to uh, spend some time with the fam. I went and uh, checked out a, a college basketball game this weekend, um, which was really cool. Our, our local team here, College of Charleston, they won by about 20. And it was kind of a an interesting game. It kind of crept up at, there at the end, right? It was a tight game all the way to halftime. And then a gradual up by five, up by seven. You know, up by six, up by eight, up by 12, up by 10. And then you looked into the game, you were like, oh, we're up 20. Uh, so it was it was a good game. Uh, my son got to go and enjoy it. Me, his mom, and uh, all three of us win. And it was, it was good. Is there anything better 
as a dad than taking your kids to sporting events? I mean, there's uh, probably a few things. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I like going to watch him play too. I, I no, I no, I get that. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, first steps. Okay, I'm gonna get a lot of people. I, I get it. All right, maybe what I said the first time was wrong. One of the best things as a dad <laughs> is to take your kids to sporting events. Um, oh yeah, God. it is nice. I already, dude. I I'm gonna post this, and I'm gonna wake up in the morning to like 15 moms. There are so many better things. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm with you. Don't don't have to tweet me. I'm good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm waiting to get a text from my wife. Like, you know, there's better things. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, listen, you, you've gone to do perfect. So, so oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Take, taking them out to, to do something they, they enjoy. Uh, speaking of which, while we were at the game, I discovered a new restaurant uh, that I'm going to try to take the, the lady to. And, uh, man, it was, it was really good. I think it's called Victoria's on uh, on Broad or something like that. But they had a shrimp and grits bowl at the game. And uh, she brought me one back after they went to the concessions. And, I mean, it was probably, I'd say it's top three on my list for shrimp and grits I've had in my life. So, uh, I, I I will be going to visit that restaurant downtown Charleston for sure. So my question to you, I'm a I'm a huge shrimp and grits fan, just so you know. Okay. What type of shrimp, first of all, and cheese grits or regular grits? That that's important questions, and then we'll get into this eight game slate. Those are very <laughs> important questions. So for me, let, let me break it down. I I like both, but it depends on, to me, it depends on the setup or the base of how they're going to do the shrimp and grits, right? If I'm more into cheese grits, if they're going to do a white cream sauce or, or more of a cream sauce, yep. I'm more into regular grits if we're going to do more of a Cajun um, gumbo-ish type sauce that's usually got andouille sausage, you see, like that version, oh, yeah. I'd rather yeah, regular oh, yeah. grits. You know what I mean? But if they're, if they're going the cream sauce way, um, I, I'd rather cheese grits for sure. So one of my favorite shrimp and grits, it's a local place by me. It's a like a local fish house. I, I live in Florida. I'm very, very fortunate when it comes to seafood. I'm just going to say that. And I um, live in Charleston, so we're both on yeah, the coast. So People, I you mean, have to understand that. <laughs> we're not we're not in Maine. So I mean right. I feel y'all. Um, but I'm very fortunate when it comes to like seafood. And one of my favorite is just a blackened shrimp with the white and cheese grits. Like it, it's one of yeah. my favorites, and it's a local place, and it's just it's always it's always so good. Um, but we have another place that's local. That does like the red sauce. Um, yeah. Like, and, and it's one of my wife's favorites. So, I mean, you know, there's, we're very lucky when it comes to seafood. So, um, and tacos, man, we have some bomb taco places. So, anybody coming to the Daytona 500, hit me up. I'll tell you some really good places to eat. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into this slate. I am losing my voice. I'm going to do the best I can today to mute my mic and everything. Um, as much as possible if it gets worse again tomorrow i might have 
uh, someone else fill in for me, but we're going to power through today. So let's jump in. We get started here with Memphis at Philadelphia. I don't see a total up for this game. Oh, 219. 219 and a half, a couple places here. Uh, 76ers, a three and a half point favorites. Um, as far as like the injury reports go here on the Memphis side, Brooks is out. Tyus Jones is questionable. On the 76ers side, Korkmaz is questionable. Milton and Simmons remain out. Let's start with Memphis. Will, uh, what do you like here for the Grizzlies? Very interesting spot for this team because while Philly has been playing fairly well, um, Philly hasn't really been in blowout mode, in my opinion. And and I know we're talking about Memphis here. There's method to the madness. I think this game stays fairly competitive. I got to feel like John Morant's on my list. Like, I know we're going to have – we're going to have some other games that are a little bit more up-tempo than this one. But once again, John Moran at 10-1 is probably going to go overlooked here. Uh, so I don't hate him. You know, he's got 60-point upside for sure. Um, you know, I, I think he's probably one of my top tournament plays on the slate uh, when it all comes down to it. Not one of my top tournament plays. I just think he's got big-time upside in what should be a really competitive matchup. Um, outside of that, I'm not crazy interested. Like Jared Jackson, I think I think Tobias may end up being a real problem for Jared Jackson here in this spot. Um, and I think they could be a slight mismatch for each other. But but I think to I think as it stands right now, Tobias has the advantage. All in all, I'm, I'm I mainly just want to play job. Yeah, I mean, it's an eight game slate, and. There's a lot of potential studs on this slate because, I mean, if you think Houston can keep the Golden State clean close, you have that potential. Um, I mean, you got Sabonis, you got Trey Young, Siakam. Like, there is some pairs. And, I mean, SGA is going to be out. So, there's potential value in some places as well. So, I think this is an interesting spot because – you could go Morant and Bede and have a great correlated game stack. Maybe find a third piece on one side of the game, depending on news and stuff. Um, and it just, it'd be a different stack that you might not see a ton of on this eight game slate. So, um, but outside of Morant, I mean, it, it would probably be triple J ceiling wise. And then on the Philly side, I love Embiid. Uh, I think Embiid has the potential to just abuse Stephen Adams in this game. Um, Stephen Adams is a good basketball player. It's just he's not going to match up well with Joel Embiid's skill set. So maybe Joel Embiid doesn't go off, but I think this is a game that he could have a big game because I think it's going to stay pretty close. Sorry, I, I was muted and didn't want to uh, start talking, but but I like it, man. I, I think it's going to be um, a close game. I think for me, you know, I talked about liking John, the, the Memphis side. I, I think I, Embiid is just kind of my top play on the Philly side, just to kind of 
I guess, push through this game. And that's kind of it. It, it. He might have a tough spot with Steven Adams, but he's kind of got there against almost anybody. So it's kind of just John and B for me here. I wish Tobias was um, like 6,800 again, but that, that's just not the case. So just in beating John. All right, moving on. <laughs> My voice, I can already like hear it. New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans at Cleveland. Cavs a 10-point favorite in this one, 211 and a half total. We won't have an injury report for the Cavs here night before. New Orleans side, Hart questionable, Ingram questionable, Valanchunas questionable, Zion out. Talk to me about New Orleans, Will. Yeah, man, this is, this is a tough team to break down because with all these guys continuing uh, to be out randomly, it, it, man, it's just so tough to try to uh, peg who we're going to invest in. What I will say is if these guys continue to be out, I know against Boston it was a slightly tougher matchup. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Cleveland's not going to be a, a, an easy matchup by any stretch of the imagination as well. But I think going back to the well on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, if Ingram – and Hart and and JV happen to sit. It's going to be good. Uh, I, I've officially continued to stub my toe on Willie Hernan Gomez. Um, the uh, they keep playing him now. Boston, nobody really got there, but you know he played thirty minutes and didn't get there. I'm, I'm not going to take a victory lap on that. The minutes were still there uh, at fifty six hundred. Um, it seems like his minutes are stable now as long as all these guys are out. But if any of these guys come back, I just – I don't want to touch anybody from New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, so I think there is some correlation. If Valanciunas is out, Hernan Gomez is someone I like. Um, if Valanciunas plays, I don't like Hernan Gomez, obviously. And then if Ingram and Hart are out, Alexander Walker, Herb Jones, Graham, all of these guys – become viable um in, in this matchup and i i mean alvarado is 3900 and he's had 30 fantasy points in two of the last three games he's doing it very efficiently um you know steals and you know high percentage shots but i mean he's still under 4k and if these guys are out i think in tournaments you could definitely take a shot on him and then on the Cleveland side of things, I think the Cleveland side it really depends on who plays for New Orleans. And, and like, I mean, it's kind of a cop out. It's kind of not um, because, I mean, we need to see who's in there for New Orleans. If they're very shorthanded, maybe Cleveland rests some people. Um, so what are your thoughts here on Cleveland? Yeah, man. I mean, Cleveland should should win this matchup easily uh, if all these guys are off from the Pelicans, right? If if Hart sits, if Valanciunas sits, and uh, B.I. sits, Brandon Ingram, I, I'm just interested in, in hardly anybody from Cleveland because it should be a blowout. Mainly, mainly because, you know, with Darius Garland at 9,100, very expensive, uh, then we've got all these secondary pieces. Isaac Okoro, but he's not somebody I'm really worried about at 3,900. You know, he plays minutes, but he doesn't do anything mostly. So not worried about him. Uh, Evan Mobley at, at 7,900. I mean, he's not going to get past 40 most nights. Kevin Love, 6,400. 
Um, I, I don't know when they're going to play him, you know, 25 minutes and when they're not. Jared Allen's probably the only other piece that I could get involved in at, at 7,700 and hope uh, that he pulls up some upside. But his shot attempts aren't anywhere near 15 to 20 shot attempts. He's down in the 10, the, you know, 10 range and sometimes under that. Just not a lot of guys I can trust, even though this team is playing very well. Probably more of a throwaway game for me, all in all. Clippers and Pacers in Indiana, 2-14 total in this game. Pacers opened at 2.5. It's 1.5 in some places already. So we'll have to kind of pay attention to that. Uh, We won't have an injury report for the Clippers. Second end of a back-to-back for them. Fitz Days and Brissett are questionable. Brogdon, McConnell, Warren, or Turner, not and Warren, are out. Starting here with the Clippers, second end of a back-to-back. I mean, I think the person I'm worried the most about sitting in this spot is Marcus Morris. I don't know, Will. This, this game is just... It's interesting from the perspective of being ugly and not having a ton of defense played, but it's also like one of these games that I'm like trying to figure out how to approach it outside of maybe just trying to find some value. Yeah. Same here. I mean, Reggie Jackson is now down to 5,300 Stevie. Um, (laughs) And against Charlotte, I mean, he put up, had a really nice game. Uh, 34 fantasy points. Everybody's been playing fairly well against Charlotte. Uh, Now we get him against Indiana. Uh, So, you know, interesting thought there. Um, I think this this Clippers team is just an experiment of cheap guys. I I do think Reggie at 53 is cheap enough to start taking some shots. Um, You know, but would you rather play – would you rather play Jackson or Amir Coffee? Probably still Jackson for me. Oh, I just think this is this is another one of those teams. I think I'm going to fade the Clippers today. Um, just a very uninspiring roster for, for my tournament lineups. Yeah, I mean, even on the Pacers side, I, I could see taking shots on Sabonis potentially. Just, you know, chasing like that 60 60- – plus point ceiling in this matchup because i mean they don't really have anybody to match up with him his usage is really high right now with brogdon out so i mean i think sabonis the i mean he came back against the thunder the other night and played a ton of minutes um what are your thoughts here on the pacers yeah i mean when it comes to the pacers i i have been trying to monitor whether or not Lavert has been playing better with Sabonis. Um, man, he, he just hasn't really done much um, since the Pelicans game. Charlotte, OKC, Dallas, very little fantasy points. Minutes aren't, um, you know, in the 30s most games. He played 43 against OKC, and they probably just, you know, the, the blowout against Dallas was, was rough. Blowout against Charlotte. Um, if we get full minutes, you know, maybe we get something, but even against OKC at 43 minutes, shot three for 19, though. That's an anomaly. Uh, I'm willing to go back to the well on Levert at 7,900 because he's playing the Clippers. Um, 
you know, you got Sabonis here at 98. I'm I'm just not I look Sabonis been out of his mind, but I, I'm not playing Sabonis in this spot because I never know when something weird is gonna happen. Is he gonna get traded? Is the coach gonna pull on? I'm just I'm just avoiding him at all costs. Fair point, man. I think it's a fair point. You know, we're getting closer to the all-star break. So it's definitely something to continue to pay attention to. Yeah. Miami at Boston. Three point uh, Celtics favorite in this one, 211 and a half. Total looking at the Miami side. Butler's questionable. Lowry's out. Markeith Morris is still out. Victor Oladipo and Yurt Seven are out. And then on the Celtics side, PJ Dozier is out and Langford is questionable. So pretty healthy Celtics team. Uh, Miami, obviously still no Lowry, Butler questionable. What are we looking at here for Miami? I keep saying stuff like this where I'm like, man, I, I, I'd almost rather Butler sit, right? Because then I, I feel like it helps out, you know, what I want to accomplish. In this matchup, I, don't, I want him to play because I think that's going to keep this game competitive. And so when you look when, you know, Lowry and all these guys around and then you've got Hero at 62, uh, guys going to play really well. Bam out of Bayou at 75. I, I like Bam here. Bam feels like a, a this is a good spot for him. Going to have to deal with uh, with um, Robert Williams, but I, I'm not worried about it with, uh, with um, Bam's athleticism, his open court ball handling ability, ability to set other people up. Like, I'm just not worried about that because of Bam's overall versatile game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think for me, I, I want Jimmy to play here. And if he does play, I'm interested. Do people, do we realize Jimmy just dropped 30, uh, 82 fantasy points on Toronto? People probably didn't realize that because it happened over the weekend if you haven't been playing. My gosh, Steve, 37 points, three steals, two blocks, 10 assists, 14 rebounds. Robust. Triple double for Jimmy the Butler himself. Uh, love Jimmy Butler here at 8,900 if he plays. Uh, yeah, I mean, Butler, like you said, potentially keeps the game close. I don't mind Bam in tournaments. His price on DraftKings, super fair at 7,500. He's someone that could put up 40 plus. Eight game slate. Will raw points matter? Biggest question mark always. Um, they always matter. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, Boston side of this game, if Butler plays, I mean, this might be a sh- spot that you could take a shot on Jason Tatum. Like, he's almost getting to that point where, like, you like in B, not in B, but Giannis, where you want to play him in close games. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that's the case. Um, he's 10 6. He's been playing really well overall. Um, I think if I had to choose between him and Josh straight up, I still take Josh. But I, I definitely understand it in terms of the, the competitive side of this matchup. Um, I wish Robert Williams was a little bit cheaper because even though I really like Bam, I still like Robert Williams some uh, just because of the way he gets there. I mean, the other night, Stevie, listen to this stat line, okay? He scored eight points, but he had 16 rebounds, four assists, four blocks, and steal 44 fantasy points. The way he gets his upside is what I like. Doesn't have to score, you know, 15 points. So I I, I like Robert Williams as well. 
Um, God, I wish Tatum was a little a little cheaper, but that's those are probably the only guys I want to play from Boston. Toronto at Atlanta, two eighteen total in this game, and um, Atlanta minus three, yeah, minus two and a half, and a couple places here. Atlanta second end of a back to back. We won't have their injury report. Toronto Birch is out, Bonga's out, Goran Dragic is out. So let's start with Toronto. Going into Atlanta, Vegas thinks this game is going to be pretty close. Um, what are your thoughts here on Toronto? Love this, Stevie. This might be one of my favorite spots on the night. I know Atlanta's on a back-to-back, but Toronto, secure minutes, big minutes for the for the, for their starters, and upside. Love these guys. Uh, Siakam at 96, even though he's at 96, I don't hate it. No, they had this this huge game against Miami, but I mean they they've got you know a full day's rest. Uh, so Siakam at ninety six, I don't mind him here. Um, Gary Trent with all these guys back, he he's played big minutes in the past couple games. I feel like he's borderline like last piece in. I like it. Um, and then OG at seventy four, I think he's priced where he should be now. Um, and I'm just kind of going to hop off the train on him. Yeah, I mean, this game has some fantasy goodness in it. Just like I like the ceiling of Siakam, and I like the ceiling of Van Vliet. They're expensive. They're probably two of my favorites. And then I think Gary Trent is someone that – Overlooking the 56 minutes against Miami the other night, he has been playing good. He's been shooting well. He's been shooting a ton of threes. So I definitely don't mind in tournaments taking shots on him and always looking at his three-point overs when they're you know, still kind of down. Atlanta side, Trey Young's 10K. He had a big game Sunday uh, against the Lakers. I feel like... We just at this point, anytime Trey Young's playing the Lakers, we're just gonna play him. It feels like Steve, he's it, always anytime any point guard is playing the Lakers. I've been yeah, saying this. That's true. I'm telling. I'm telling you, it, it's Stevie. This is like the blue, and you know. And first of all, forgive me, I interrupt you. No, but you're good. Point guards against the Lakers is like the blue notebook player of the year for me right now. Who's playing the Lakers? Ishmith? Sure, load him up. I don't think people realize Ishmith had the game of his life the other night against the Lakers it's insane I mean point guards have been I mean they've been destroying the Lakers this season Steve it's unreal unreal oh yeah no I agree um I mean Trey Young's expensive I think John Collins is kind of his price is kind of juicy I think in tournaments Trying to figure out Bogdanovich, Hunter, Herder, all these guys, Gallinari is, is, I hate to say it, but I feel like it's a coin flip most nights. Um, so for me on Atlanta, like I like Collins' price a lot. I don't love Capella's minutes, so I probably stay away from him. And I mean, if you want to go top end, I don't hate Trey Young. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, I don't mind these guys from Atlanta here. I wish Capella 
Um, just give the man his normal minutes. Like, geez, his minutes are way down, Steven. I know it's because he's coming back from an injury, but um, you know, I, I, I Trey, Trey Young is probably the main guy. You know, I've talked about some of these cheaper pieces like Bogdanovich and Herder and all these guys. And Bogdanovich, you know, he's coming back, so he's playing minutes in the twenties. You know, Herder's playing minutes in the mid to low twenties now. Um, and you, you would have thought that. With Cam Reddish gone, it would have opened it up for some of these other guys. DeAndre Hunter, he's playing minute. He's playing this this odd, you know, twenties complement of minutes. So I just feel like Trey Young is the only safe play on the Hawks. Really, I mean that's super fair. Um, it's it's crazy, right? It's just it's, yeah, I don't understand it. The minutes are just all over the place. You're almost like. You're almost wanting like Atlanta to move someone or something because I feel like they have too many wings. But. Yeah. Sacramento at New York taking on the Knicks. Knicks seven point favorite here. It opened at seven. It's down five and a half most places. Two sixteen and a half total in this one. I mean, on the King side of things, Bagley's out. Terrence Davis is out, and De'Aaron Fox is questionable. On the Knicks side. Derek Rose is out. I mean, Knicks outside of Rose, pretty healthy. Uh, what are we looking at here for Sacramento? I think for me, I'm looking at whether or not uh, De'Aaron Fox is going to play. Uh, because if he doesn't, then, you know, this gets somewhat interesting again. Uh, you think Buddy Hill would be playing plenty of minutes, but he's not. He, he's not. He's not playing the minutes at all. Uh, it's it, it's so weird. Harrison Barnes is up to sixty two hundred now. He is playing minutes. I, I don't understand it, but he is someone I'd be interested in. Even at sixty two hundred against the Knicks, I think this is a, this is an interesting spot for him. And Rashawn Holmes, his minutes are coming back up. Stevie, I think it's only a matter of time before we get an upside game out of him at five K against the Knicks. Uh, I'm in. Um, yeah, I mean, Holmes probably my favorite play from Sacramento unless Fox sits. Halliburton's price, the, the ceiling's there if Fox sits. I, I get it. I just, I don't know. It's, it's such sticker shock, I guess, would be the easiest way to say for Halliburton. Uh, Nick's side of things here. I mean, like I said, Nick's pretty healthy. What are we looking at here for the Knicks? Yeah, is, is this the spot to finally um, play Julius Randle? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, he, he's <laughs> I say that every night, it feels like. Yeah, it's like, so he's playing Sacramento, and I, and I have to take that into account. Like, if we were ever going to play Julius Randle again this season, doesn't it have to be right now? at home against Sacramento. I, I think this feels like the spot for me, um, you know, and, and overall, overall, it's not like his minutes have really come down. It's really more of he's just had bad performances. Right. So I'm, I'm willing to, to, to invest heavily in Julius Randall shares here in this spot against Sacramento. And equally, as I've talked about, you know, uh, uh, liking Julius Randall, I, I gotta say, RJ Barrett, is this his team now? 
gosh, he's playing minutes, shooting out sometimes 20 shots a game, still very inefficient a lot of the time. But um, but but I'm interested. Uh, is this a spot where we can play Obi Toppin at 3,300? Uh, has he been, does he get 20 minutes consistently? No, but do we think this is a spot where they could possibly blow this team out and he gets over 20 minutes? If so, he's, he's on my list. Now he's a lot, this is a lot more of a risky play than probably anybody you'll hear me talk about today, but, uh, Obi Toppin is for sure, um, a guy that I think could get there in a blowout. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think. The question always is, do I play Randall or not? RJ Barrett, I feel like, is he the ceiling guy from the Knicks now? Like, you know, like what you're kind of talking about, like, has it, has the torch been passed, Will, from like Randall being the ceiling guy to RJ Barrett? I think, I feel like Randall needs to show us something. He needs to show us something. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, he had a really good season, got a good contract. Like, come on, guy. You know, you're supposed to be the face of the Knicks. I don't even know if it's let's, his fault. Let's though, get either. together. <laughs> well, hey, you're 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 the guy everybody was talking about. You're the most improved player. So I know, but Thibodeau's the coach. So I, you know, I'm not blaming everything <laughs> on Julius Randle. So yeah, I had to get a big cough in there. Here we go. Moving on, Golden State at Houston. 230 and a half total. Now, Will, we don't have another game over 220. 230 and a half total here. Warriors, a 10 and a half point favorite. I don't know if that's enough, but we'll find out. Looking at the injury report for this one, on the Golden State side, Bielitsa's questionable. Draymond, Iguodala, Porter, Wiseman out. On the Houston side, Kevin Porter Jr. questionable. That will matter. We'll have to pay attention to that. Um, Porter being out, I think, matters for Golden State, too. Looking at the Warriors side first, is Clay playing enough minutes now at 6K with his shot attempts to play him against Houston? I think is where we should start. We're getting close. Uh Yeah. And, and what you said was against Houston, which is which is the, the clause here. So to answer your question, yes. Against most other teams, I think we're close. But close to 30 minutes against Houston for Clay. you know, you look at this Minnesota game, I think that's probably the most accurate description we could get of what it would look like, right? Maybe he goes for 40. But if he's going to get there, it's not going to be completely on peripherals. He's going to score almost 30 real points. And so if there was any team that he was going to shoot efficiently against, it's definitely the Houston Rockets. So I, I like that price on Clay. I wish he was still 5,500 just, just because. But, hey, I don't mind 6K against Houston. When is Steph Curry going to come back down to earth in terms of his price, Stephen? Because 11K is just not warranted, even for most of the season. He had, He's had a few splash games. But he hasn't consistently put up 50 points. I mean, I, I think Steph should be 10K max right now. Um, so I, I, I can't – I'm not. I'm just not going to play Steph at all right now. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's just where I am. Um, is this the Jonathan Kuminga game? Maybe. 
Uh, but, you know, now that all these guys are back, he's not playing a lot of minutes, uh, but just kind of looking for some different angles there. All in all, uh, Clay Thompson is probably uh, my favorite play from the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. And, and, and perhaps the more I think about it with Porter out, Kamega's probably going to play. I think Kamega's probably – Kamega might be my top target and then Clay. I think it's Clay – Wiggins, Kaminga, Poole, Curry for me. Um, more of just price for Steph than anything. He's one of the best shooters of all time, if not the best shooter of all time. Um, I just, I mean, if you think this game is going to stay close, game stack the heck out of this thing uh, because it's going to be back and forth, back and forth. If you think the game is going to be close, I think on the Houston side, Christian Wood would need to have a big game here. And then uh, Kevin Porter Jr. matters. Like if he if he sits, I, I think you could look at like Jalen Green, Eric Gordon type of players. Garrison Matthews has been playing some big minutes. Like a lot of options if KPJ sits. Yeah, for sure. Um, how, how do you feel about the difference between, let's say, Jalen Green and Eric Gordon on this slate, Stevie? Because I, I don't want to play them both. Um, I, and I know Jalen Green had a, a, a semi-upside game against um, Portland. But just, just in your mind, how, how do you feel about – the difference between those two if KPJ were to sit. I've got some thoughts, but I want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, it all comes down to opportunity, I think, for me. And small – like, if we we knock it to the last seven games, let's just go to the last seven games. Eric Gordon's highest usage in the last seven games is 21%. Most games, he's under 15%. Jalen Green in those seven same games has not been under 20% in any game, and he's been over 24% four times. So when I'm looking at that, like it's not even a question for me on who I want to play. I want to play Jalen Green. And like I let the numbers kind of dictate it, Will. Like that's what we do, right? We just kind of trust the numbers, especially with NBA. And if we're looking at these two guys side by side, I think it Jalen Green is kind of the usage guy with Kevin Porter Jr. off the floor, him and Jason Tate. So, I mean, I'm with you 100%, which is why I'm confused they won't play Jason Tate. I know, and I know I've brought this up before, but I'm confused as to why they won't play him 30 to 35 minutes. It, it makes no sense because they're I'm with Houston you. and do they, do they really oh. want to win games? Oh, God. It's. Anyway. I'll just say, hey, listen, I'm being honest. Yeah. Do they really want to win games? So Yeah, I mean, but here's, oh, you're right. It's Houston. I don't even know why I'm uh, like they're 14 and 35. <laughs> it's the battle. It's the battle of the Pistons, the Magic, the Rockets, and the Thunder. Who's going to get like, <laughs> who's going to have the worst record? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Like, get I'm a it. Magic fan and I'm pissed to have a two game win streak right now. Lose. <laughs> Lose. Like, why are you winning? Listen, 
I'm all yeah. aboard. Like if you're a fan of a team and you know your team's in a rebuild, just lose. Don't go out and try to win games. Oh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, I, we. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I mean, the Hornets are. They're on the brink, they're... right? The Hornets are a brink team. Listen, they're a team need... that, like, with Lamelo and Rogier, Bridges. If they brought in a big man, like trade deadline, all right. Well, maybe they can make a run. If they don't. Maybe they can't. And I mean, they're a brink team. Yeah. I, it, it, they make the, the playoffs. Is, I think they make the playoffs. I think they yeah, have yeah, a, I a do much too. better chance to make a run in the playoffs if they bring in a bring in a big guy. Yeah, me too. Like, I don't know. Call up the Kings. The Kings aren't winning anything this year. Yo, what do you want for Rashawn Holmes? He would make a difference in Charlotte. I don't know. Yeah. My fortune I, teller, is that happening in like a week? I, I will say this. <laughs> uh, and I, I know we're down a rabbit trail here, yeah, but that's good. okay. But by the way, the answer is J- a Jalen Green for everybody that's, that's that was wondering. I know we're down a rabbit trail, but I um I think if we don't get what we're looking for, just stay the course and we'll get it in the off. Like teams want to come to teams that win. Charlotte's a, a unique fun city. Um so yeah, I, I think we just stay the course. Like in my mind, if if we can't get like a Sabonis or something like that, then let's pick it up in the offseason or in the draft. Well, like all right, well let's be let's be real for a second. When you're thinking potential big men that could get traded based off of like standings and everything, Julius Randle, Sabonis, Christian Wood, right? Like those are the three guys. That, like, if you're a, a fringe team, what do I got to give you for one of those three guys? I think those would be the three guys. And I don't want Julius Randle because I feel like he's more ball dominant, right? And the bonus would be a sick pickup by anybody. That, that's that I feel like to me, and I, you know, that's what I've thought about. I feel like the bonus is the right style of play because. I feel like he'd be like Mason Plumley on steroids, like super steroids, right? Because Mason Plumley doesn't need the ball every time we come down the court, whereas we would give the ball to Sabonis more, right? He'd get his shots and stuff, but I feel like he'd be a, a better chemistry player than um, than um, uh, Julius Randle. And then Christian Wood, he's still so young. Yeah, but you have oh, yeah. a young team in Charlotte. If you could get Christian Wood to stay. But that's why I'd rather Sabonis, somebody that's been around the league a little bit to, yeah, that's you true. know, keep these guys tempered. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's my that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I mean, listen, as a Magic fan, we're like three years away, so I'm not even excited. <laughs> but trade deadline is what, the 10th? So... We got like another, I mean, less than two weeks. So I, I'm more interested about Ben Simmons, I think, than anything else. Um, I was reading something the other day that Westbrook might get traded. That would be, I don't see yeah. it happening, but I mean, who knows? Anyway, we're going to finish out here. Portland at OKC. Portland, a... Three point favorite in this game, two two sixteen and a half total. Portland, no injury report for them. It's second end of a back to back. 
SGA and Roby are out for the Thunder. Lillard's out, right? Like, he won't be back. Um, wasn't it like six weeks to two months or something like that? So anyway, um, so assume Lillard's out. It's going to be an early night in basketball. Like, these games end at 8 o'clock. Um, no, like, late games. You're going to have to make moves, like, really quick on, like, if you want to make moves. What are your thoughts here on Portland? Yeah, man. Uh, Portland has been a team, especially, I, gosh, I feel so awkward. See, I haven't given out a first-half prop yet. Listen, people, if C.J. McCollum comes out at nine and a half, first half points, just go ahead and take the over on that, okay? He's been smashing that one. All right, back to our regularly scheduled programs. Um, you know, even on McCollum 7,600, he hasn't cranked down enough 45-ish point games for me. This could at for sure be a spot where it comes to fruition, but, you know, I'm willing to pass on it. Nurkic, you know, he's mostly had a lot of good games here. But the 8,300 against OKC, I feel like this is a spot they could, you know, they could win. I don't want to say handedly, but um, easily. Let's go with the term easily. I'm just kind of out on Portland. I, I like Norman Powell. I like CJ. I like uh, Simons. I like Nurk. But I don't really want to play any of them. And that, that's really strange considering this is probably another one of those really good game environments for the night. Yeah, I mean, game stack-wise, I think there's some opportunity here if this game were to stay close or if you're behind. Your 7 o'clock players don't do well and you want to switch off like Golden State-Houston. I mean, that's where I think you could start getting some pieces. Um, CJ McCollum just really hasn't had like that ceiling spot. You know, even like Nurkic. Nurkic just has some good games. Um, but, I mean, it's been two weeks week and a half since he's had like that monster game so i still think like those are your like ceiling plays i think simons is just someone that's gonna consistently put out good fantasy games and i think norman powell's just too expensive so i mean and on the thunder side of things with sga out i think josh giddy at 7300 is very playable he sees a huge uptick with SGA off the floor. Um, I had it pulled up earlier. I'm going to pull it up really quick again. Court IQ, SGA off the floor. We're looking at pretty big bumps for Lou Dort as well. Almost a 5% usage increase. I like to, I don't know how you feel about this. I like to like take it down to like a month and like two weeks and look at like SGA off the floor the last four weeks when I'm messing around with court IQ to kind of get more of a re like recent. And like, if we look at that minute fantasy point per minute, 1.16 for giddy. I mean, that's super solid if he's going to play 35 to 40 minutes in a close game. So I think he would be probably be my favorite Dort right there with him. And then in large field tournaments, Trey man, 3,500, I don't think a blowout or anything matters for him. I think he's going to get minutes regardless with SGA out. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you look 26 minutes the last game, you know, not really getting crazy production, but with SGA being out, I think all of that's going to change. You know, are, are we going to get some point giddy in this spot? Probably so. Uh, 
Um, so I, I, don't, I don't hate that either. You mentioned Lou Dortman already at 6K already. Huge game against Indiana. Um, should be a little bit, uh, or not a little bit, it should absolutely be more usage to go around for him as well. Uh, I man out for me is absolutely going to be James Robinson Earl. He's just not someone I'm going to play on this slate. That Pacers game was OT. Um, don't forget that. And SGA was only out for like the third, fourth quarter in OT. So, um, I mean, they finished in OT with Mascala, Giddy, Williams, Baisley, and Dort. So, there you go. Who knows what's going to happen? All right. Let's play the morning grind game before I, like, officially lose my voice, and then we'll get out of here for Monday. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Uh, who do you like today, Will? In the lab. I, I actually want it to be um, – Oh, he's a little bit more than 5K. Give me Jonathan Kaminga. All right. I kind of would have guessed that. I think that's who he is. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go train man, 3,500. We just got that talking about him. I think Kendrick yeah. Williams is someone else that's interesting here. He's going to get the minutes. Um so we'll have to see. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust? Uh, I'm going Steph Curry against Houston. 11K, I think the price is just too much. Price and matchup, right? It's a fantastic matchup, but, I mean, there's a good chance Houston does not keep this thing close. Right. Absolutely. <sighs> I, uh, I think I gotta go Jalen Brown. I really don't want to, but I like a lot of studs on the slate. That's for sure. My second closest would probably be Julius Randle. He just hasn't had he's had one fifty fantasy point game in his last like eight or nine, ten games. So yeah. let's go Julius Randle. There we go. I'm gonna fuel the fire for Julius Randle. Favorite 6X play? Who do you like? This is a tough one because I feel like there are so many good plays. But I'm going to go ahead and speculate that um, that De'Aaron Fox is out. I'm going to go with Mr. Steady himself, Mr. Harrison Barnes. I like it. I'm going to go with the Splash Bro. Going to have yeah. his first fa fantasy point game over 40. The dude has taken at least 12 shots in every game. I think we have to like Clay here. Yeah. Just in case anybody doesn't know who the Splash Bros are, I'm going to take Clay Thompson for 6X. Um, what are you watching? Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you like? Uh, give me Kimball Walker at 5,400. Playing against Sacramento, really weird. Um, you know, played 30 minutes against Milwaukee, not taking a lot of shots, but at seven assists, five rebounds against Sacramento, that could easily become 18.7 assists, five rebounds. Uh, give me Kimball. 
Oh, I like that. I, you got me there. I did not expect that one. Um, <laughs> I think this is weird. I might be wrong, but I'm going to go Herb Jones. I think he's a let's get weird GPP play today. I think he'll be under 10%. Yeah. Uh, any bets standing out to you your night before? Man, I was I was looking at it, but I don't really have um a whole wait a minute. I was trying to give me hmm. you know what? Give me the Raptors plus two and a half. I think they can win this game. <laughs> All right. Honestly, <laughs> my first reaction, Will, was take Golden State minus 10 and a half. Wow. No, I get it. I mean, I hate recommending spreads that wide. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I think Warriors minus 10.5. I also, for what it's worth, I like the Celtics minus 3.5. There's a couple places you can get them at 3.5 still. So I like yeah, that as well. They're on DK Sportsbook at minus 3 right now. Yeah, FanDuel has them at 3.5. At BetMGM, it's 2.5. So got to shop around in legal yeah. states. Shop around. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, nah, man, I'm good. Enjoy the pie. Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us. and following We talk shrimp and hole. grits, buddy. Like, this yeah. is a good podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, That's going to wrap it up. Always always a blast, my friend. I hope you had, like I said, I'm glad you had a good weekend. Um, it was super fun to hear that you took your son to a game. It's going to wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow talking more hoops. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.